welcome to Talking Sheds, the CBRE podcast dedicated to everything industrial and logistics. I'm Matt Haddon, your host and head of industrial and logistics at CBRE in Pacific. Each episode, I'll be chatting to industry experts, exploring future trends in this growing and evolving market. Welcome to episode two of Talking Sheds and the new experience economy driven by increasingly demanding consumer preferences. Today's episode is all about CBRE Omnichannel Real Estate, our specialised practice for retailers servicing the experience economy by meeting consumer demand with a seamless partnership between front-end retail experience and back-end fulfilment capabilities. CBRE Omnichannel Real Estate has been created by combining the skills and experience of both our industrial and logistics and retail professionals. I sat down with Christine Miller, Senior Director of our Industrial and Logistics Supply Chain Practice, and Al Palmer, National Director of Retail Services, to uncover what impact changing consumer needs are having on the retail market, what occupiers are looking for in terms of an end-to-end solution, how traditional supply chain is evolving, and how CBRE's omnichannel real estate practice will help you in our experience economy. So Christine, tell me, how's the retail sector linking into the traditional industrial and logistics supply chain? Matt, there's some really interesting things going on. As retailers are examining where they need to put product to be connected to their consumer base, they're having to look at the supply chain and determine where should product be held. So everyone's focused on increasing service delivery, and that translates into getting the product that the consumer wants to them as quickly as possible. And that's requiring that inventory be held in smaller lots, a lot closer to that end consumer. So that's actually putting a bit of fragmentation into the supply chain, where inventory is now being held in more locations, but in smaller lots. So Alistair, what impact are changing consumer needs having on the retail property world? I think it's really interesting. We, If we step back, say, 50 years ago, there was always a warehouse and you basically you'd go into a store and you'd buy your product, but it would not be delivered from store. You'd actually pick it up from in-store. We're now seeing that we've got two working parents working in the workforce and there's still a responsibility to um, stock the home with food. So we're seeing the responsibility of those parents actually probably now shopping online and having, you know, product delivered from a a centralised warehouse. We're aware of at least one supermarket operator actually securing a dark store. And what that dark store is, effectively a supermarket without the ability for a customer to actually go in and shop. You've got a whole heap of pickers in there. They pick all the groceries off the shelves and then it goes into a Pantech and it's delivered in within a short period of time. So that's a completely different way to what we shopped, let's say, even 10 years ago. And it's customising the experience to now what the workforce is. So what about the actual the real estate footprint? Um, and Christine, I'll, I'll address this question to you. Has the real estate footprint changed given that consumer needs are, uh, are evolving? It is, Matt, and it's changing on a number of fronts. I mentioned the fragmentation. So that's changing the number of facilities that businesses need as well as the size requirement. I think also the changes, if I link on to what Alistair was talking about in terms of the changes in consumer behavior, the consumer now wants to be engaged from a digital perspective and actually wants to have a customized product. 
So to house that customized product, that's changing the actual locations in order to be close to those consumers and the actual size of the facilities. If we think back just a few years ago, warehouses were large fulfillment centers that housed large amounts of standard stock. And today, we all want our customized stock, and that needs to then be housed in a manner where it can be produced in smaller lots, which means we don't need just the big shelves of standard inventory. You could look at the car industry as an example. Is A sign of a good car dealership used to be extremely large lot with lots of standard stock, and you would go onto the lot and walk through and look at the different models and the different options before making a choice. Now you can actually go into a car dealership, actually in the CBD, you may have one, maybe two models, and you then put together what you want. So now we're actually seeing the industrial footprint then change because that warehouse technically for that car dealer would have been part of their showroom. Now they're actually moving then into an inner urban area requiring a much smaller footprint, but then still having to maintain stock somewhere. So they're still going to have to have that production that can support that customized need and a supply chain that can move that product. And there will need to be some inventory held. The key, though, is to hold it in the right locations in the right amounts to keep the cost down so that you can then offer a competitive product. I think if we go back 20 years ago, a lot of these industrial warehouses were closer to the centre of population in more urban areas. What we actually have seen is these facilities have to move to locations where there actually is better transport nodes, there is much larger availability of land where they can actually have larger facilities and that's probably occurred over the last 10 years or so. But now we're actually seeing it come back again, largely densified areas with greater population because it's closer to the consumer. From an industrial perspective, there are areas that previously would have been underutilised and now we're actually seeing an increase interest in those spaces because it is closer to the populations, still keeping those larger fulfillment centres out in the industrial estates in the less populated area, really due to the need to have larger trucks operate there, but then being able to use what is often used the term infield sites that are closer to those populated areas are now becoming more interesting in terms of housing the right product connected to that immediate consumer base. So what we're really seeing is a, a blurring of the lines, a, a total grey area between you know what is an industrial facility and what is a retail facility. Um, so I guess I'd catch this question to both of you who are interested in, um, in both perspectives, but are occupiers looking for an end-to-end solution from a service provider? But I absolutely see them looking for that because as retailers now have more channels where they need product to serve their customer, everything from the bricks and mortar to the online to several different creative solutions that are out there, they need then to think back to the beginning point of where does that inventory, where is it coming from? Predominantly here in Australia, that would be a strong import market. So there needs to be good connectivity to getting that product in and then very specifically then housing it in locations that allow them to respond quickly. So I think it's quite difficult to even separate the two. Yeah, look, there's one such example where we represent a particular retailer and they've got a quite a large crosstock facility. So effectively it comes in off the sea, straight into the crosstock facility and then straight on a truck and they're actually out into store. Lots of palletisation so that it actually is directly to the customer as quickly as possible and also for the cheapest possible price as well. I think if we use Alistair's example, 
it's about determining the right location for those crosstalk facilities because it's connectivity to that inbound flow and definitely to the outbound on the consumer to find that sweet spot that allows them to have good cost but also very good response times. So Alistair, are you seeing any changes in the demand for services uh, from a company like CBRE from retail occupiers? Yeah, absolutely, Matt. Um, with the advent of the technology and data world, our retailers are more and more demanding that we actually provide them with a higher quality service which allows them to effectively actually plan a store network. And one way of doing that is to analyse data. And if we've got the data which actually speaks to a particular location, they're better informed on choice. So gone are the days where we, we basically throw up a few locations in a CBD and they choose one. These days they're actually demanding a lot more sophisticated data which can inform them for the location. It's interesting, you know, you, you've got such things as in a fast food store, you know, the size of the actual pylon as well as the traffic passing the door as well as the number of car parks out the front, it, it all makes a difference to actually their store sales. So if we're actually able to predict sales via these data analytics pieces, our retailers will be better informed about decision-making on property. Matt, there's also a knock-on effect of that on the industrial property as well. With the introduction of automation and the opportunity for that to introduce some efficiencies into the cost base, there actually is an opportunity for the inhabitants, the occupiers of that industrial real estate to pay a premium for a site that can actually drive that efficiency into their business. As they're having to produce in smaller lots that are more customized, that's driving the cost up. So there's actually an opportunity there for them to capture some efficiencies, and that can justify paying a bit more for the rent. Thanks for listening to this episode of Talking Sheds. If you'd like to know more about this episode or get in touch, head to www.cbre.com.au forward slash Talking Sheds podcast for all the details.